Welcome back to React Native Radio Podcast, brought to you by Swift and Kotlin. Because you know you want to write your apps twice. Episode 181, React Native Nigeria, with Alo Atobi Shakumbi. Hey everyone, welcome to React Native Radio Podcast, where we explore React Native together. I'm your host, Jamin Holmgren, and I am joined today by two of my three co-hosts. Uh, Aditi couldn't make it today. Good morning, Harris. How are you doing this fine Thursday morning? I don't know when people are listening, but we're recording on a Thursday. Good morning, Jamin. Uh, I'm doing good. It's actually early for me. I, I recently moved to BC, so I'm in Vancouver, as you know. So You did? Yeah. I swear yeah. Harris is in a different location every time we record and it's really fun to see where he's going to pop up next it's very yeah it, it's totally true we should have like a where little in the bit world of world is harris right where where in the world is harris exactly <laughs> uh he has a stovepipe behind him right now uh we can see that in the background um but yeah okay well you're a lot closer to me i'm also in a, a vancouver but not that vancouver <laughs> it's not a very original name what is it what is the saying like vancouver no washington not Canada, uh, state, not DC. And you're, you're butchering it. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> okay. What's the, what's, how does it really go, Damon? It's Vancouver. Oh, shoot. Now you've got me all screwed up. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, Vancouver, not BC, Washington, not DC. And then I usually add in like near Portland, not Maine, and Clark County, not Nevada. So there you go. That's, we're, we're in like four, not something else else uh so whatever it's uh you know but we were the first we can always claim we were the first vancouver i think uh vancouver bc originally was named gastown and i'm not kidding you it was named gas <laughs> gastown so you know for obvious that's reasons be- that's a better name vancouver is a better gastown. name than gastown yeah yeah well i mean it's memorable though i mean gastown right but uh not for the right reasons though you don't want to be memorable <laughs> For those reasons. Robin, hi. I didn't uh, formally uh, say hi, but, uh, you know, good morning to you as well. Good morning. We uh, we have a very special guest here today. I'm very excited to talk to Toby Shukunbi. Uh, Toby, how are you doing this? Actually, it'd be evening for you, right? Yeah, it's actually evening over here. Hi, Jimon. Yeah, it's nice to talk with you and uh, glad glad we could have you on the podcast today. Aloatobi is a software engineer from Nigeria. He is the founder and organizer of React Native Nigeria. He is a developer advocate, and he's also got, well, he's got all kinds of things going on. Uh, You'll have to go to his Twitter profile to see what he's working on. Claims he's a code newbie, but based on everything that I'm seeing, it seems like he's a pretty good, pretty good programmer. Aloatobi is from Abuja, Nigeria, and uh, we're really happy to have him on the on the program today. Um, thanks, Jimon. It's really nice to be here. Hi, Harris. Hi, hey. Robin. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. So let's start off a little bit. How did you, well, tell us about your background. Like, you know, I, I assume you, you, you grew up in Nigeria. How did you get into coding? Uh, you know, kind of walk us through that. Well, cool. It's really a very funny story. <laughs> I hope it makes you laugh though, yeah. 
Um, but I, I did get into programming quite early. I guess I wasn't one of those kids that was good at practically anything. Um, I did suck at sports. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was like the last option when you had come to pick someone to join your team for soccer or something. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> You definitely know when you pass me the ball, I'm not going to score. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, programming was just like my thing back then. I did get into programming quite early. Um, so just two, I don't know what just two translates to with um other education system. Um, but that was like after primary school. Mm, okay, sort of like our middle school system, maybe or junior high. Yeah, definitely. Should okay. Um, so yeah, um, I was more of like a gamer, so Super Mario, whatever computer games you could you could imagine, I was just all all <laughs> up, all over games. And I had this um, very close friend of mine. He's currently the co-founder of um, React Native Nigeria. Um, mm. He came mm-hmm. he he came over to my place one day, and he he just noticed that I, I'm always playing games on my um, computer system. Back then, we had all these monitors that had these big heads. And this external, um, this external unit for its CPU and all that, so it wasn't all compact like these days, Macs and <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and he came over one day and was like, "You know what? Facebook is making money building um, a social networking system. Why can't we build ours?" And I was like, "Okay, Pro- probably we'll try checking what programming is and how what it entails to make your own Facebook tomorrow." And I just like yeah. <laughs> continued playing my game. I like paid no attention to him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then he came over the next day with the same story. Let's try and build something. Let's see what it's, it's all about. I was like, okay, let me just finish this one level. Let me finish this level. <laughs> right. Mario and we'll get to it. And it just kept going on for like a week. And last week he came over to my house and he was like, you know what? I'm not taking this anymore. We are starting today. He unplugged. He removed the plug of the system from the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and, back, and back then we don't even have UPS to like back up our system so once you unplug it it's going off <laughs> your system, <laughs> system is going off and you're starting over again and that was quite it and I guess that was what just drove us to learn a little bit about programming um, we would just go over to m- most websites and like inspect their codes and like okay what does this block of code do try and copy it paste it on our notepads run it and it worked so we're like wow this is really amazing like just copy input um copy something as simple as text area and like or area field and just post it on um notepad and save and we could start writing our own input fields um it was really fun and it just grew from there um from html um codes and we just started checking out other things like css javascript and yeah, my, I'm here today writing React Native Code. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's been a ride. <laughs> you know, we all need friends like that. Friends who will just like, okay, no, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, like for, for, the fu- funny thing is, Musha didn't even go, um, he didn't even study computer science in school, like in the university. Mm-hmm. He studied something along um, mechanical engineering. Okay. When he was done, he now writes React Native code full time. Like he doesn't even use his degree. Yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't even yeah. work here in yeah. that field anymore. Like he's full time software development right now. So it's it's, I guess him pushing me to learn or know what programming was about back then, <laughs> kind of 
paid off right now because <laughs> I rubbed the phone on him to like try out React Native. Right. That that's awesome. I you know I feel like that's actually a fairly fairly common thing in software engineering where people have degrees in in different you know just just different angles, different focuses. Actually, I'm kind of curious. People who are listening to this podcast tweet to our handle React Native RDIO on Twitter and tell us what degree you have if it is not a computer science degree. I believe, Robin, you... I don't have a computer science degree. You have a different degree, right? I have a math and economics degree. Okay. I'm going to be asking you economics questions from now on. Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) I I learned enough to pass my uh, senior exams, and then it was just... It's it's all all gone. All gone. Oh, Toby, your friend was a mechanical engineer, but he was really interested in the computer stuff. And when you started working with him on this was it something where you you picked it up pretty fast you were like this is fun this is something i'm really enjoying uh, or did it take a little while to kind of get into it programming actually did take a little while <laughs> um I, I'm, I'm still yet to meet someone that actually just went into it and like got it on the first try um like there were just those times when you just pick up something and it doesn't make sense and you just keep going over and over and over and over it all over again and you're trying to grab a lot from it but it's not working i just want to like smash your system on the ground (laughs) 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 well but but yeah i guess it's just keeping at it and over time it just kind of made sense (laughs) so yeah yeah i wanted to ask you uh what made you start uh the react native nigeria community i started it off as um really as i didn't see any community around in nigeria currently for react native um at the time i was working with this agency in in the uk and it was like a digital agency and a fellow colleague of mine was currently running um laravel laravel abuja and it was like this really cool community where people just come around learn about laravel talk about laravel and their ex- def- um, general um, experience with it and like really network. And they were really all about that network because they wanted you to always know that if you have an issue, you could reach out to someone also doing writing Laravel um, in Abuja, as simple as that. And like that person could help you move faster in your work. And I really loved what was going on there. And I was like, why, why don't we have a React Native um, community in Nigeria? And it wasn't just about Nigeria. It was... I was looking for one very close by, like Abuja, just my state. And there was no one. <laughs> there wasn't any. So I was like, you know what? If I don't start it, no one will. And it just moved on from that. And in 2019, we just got things rolling. I, I Honestly speaking, when I started, I had no clue what I was do- doing. <laughs> it, it, it felt like I was really carrying this tax that was above me. <laughs> but I just kept at it. Always tried to reach out to people already had communities going, um, try to see what they currently do, and also try to have a vision and a structure for what React Native Nigeria should be. Um, so I, I just really wanted a community where um, I could reach out to someone to help me solve any tech issue I was having at the time, and I didn't have any. So I just built a community for that. And something that was supposed to solve my problems began to solve other people's problems because um, over time, we also had like testimonies of people always um, coming on the group chat, coming on the Slack group and asking questions and getting solutions for their questions. So it really felt nice. That was really the picture of what I was envisioning. 
um, a place where yeah. React Native developers could come um, and just talk about React pro- React Native problems and fix each other's problems. That's cool, and and I see also you um, you you did the a package called React Native Paystack WebView. For those of you who don't know, uh, Paystack is a payment provider from Nigeria. They actually recently got acquired by Stripe for like two hundred million dollars. So, oh wow, <laughs> yeah, uh, that w- that was a big thing. I I remember following that and being like really happy. That's about fantastic. That. Yeah, Harris, you really do follow. <laughs> yeah. I told you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's because I have a lot of Nigerian friends and, uh, mm. you know, it's like I, I, the Paystack acquisition, I think the big thing was that it like validates like Nigeria as like a tech hub, right? So for yeah. the, the irony is Stripe wouldn't operate in Nigeria, yeah. but they ended up buying a company that... Well, uh, I, I wonder if, if that was in the end maybe a, a smart move because it gave room for a provider that actually knew the the community there and knew the challenges of whatever the financial system and things like that uh so they could they could just acquire it once once one emerged that had done a good job that's really cool and that's something i'd I'd love to talk more about as well the emergence of the nigerian uh, tech community on the world stage because it's been very apparent over the last couple of years yeah definitely and um it has been it, it really has been booming um yeah Happened with Paystack was like really insane. I just woke up and like went on my Twitter feed and just saw it and I was like, this is insane. <laughs> this is really <laughs> insane. Like $200 million. Like, wow. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. yeah um, it's big money. It's really big, big money. <laughs> <laughs> um, Like a lot of companies also like Paystack has been like doing awesome work in, in the tech space. Um particularly mm-hmm. in the fintech space, um, a lot of products really coming out in, and all of them just putting their own twist on it and like building awesome products. And I, yeah. I, I really can't wait for us to get to that time where more companies even get more, get acquired just like Paystack. <laughs> it's be really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. And looking at Paystack WebView, so I'm one of the primary maintainers of the React Native WebView. And it looks like you uh, you've kind of wrapped the the React Native web view, and you're providing an API on top of it that works really well with Paystack. Yes. So, for, for, like I said, like we, I had, I always build most of my open source projects from problems I have at work. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that most of open source? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody had a problem for work and made a yeah. thing. <laughs> Um, so I, I was working on this project where I had to um, process payment, yeah, with Paystack. And the current product, the current package for it was like the SDK, and you would have to like integrate that with like native code, start entering um, for iOS and for Android. But I, I'm, I didn't really want to go through all that. It was work. We have a very tight deadline, and I have this project manager screaming down my neck <laughs> about this tax, and I didn't just want to go through all that. And I was like, you know what? That's the beauty of React Native. You could write it to how you want it to be and make it what you want to be. So um, Paystack has this inline payment that works very good with the web. So I just kind of mm-hmm. took that. And I thank God for WebView. I'm sorry, thank the React Native team for WebView, the open source community <laughs> yeah. for WebView. And it, it, yeah. it, I just saw the potential in it and just went for it. So just calling the inline um, payments on the web view and it just pops it up and you pay and it's just straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fantastic. I love seeing these types of uh, specialized libraries pop up over all around the community and open source of course is something that I've done for 
I don't know, it's almost 10 years now and it's made a big difference in my career. It's really cool. You link out to a couple of other React Native WebView kind of third-party libraries that that are layered over the top of React Native WebView. And I assume you drew some inspiration from them uh, as, you know, how you might approach this. I, I just really wrote it as a form of solving my own particular problem. Uh, okay. Then yeah. over, over time, I just kept out the basic um um the basic um version of the code and right. when, when i did put it out initially it was only to accept payments so you couldn't do things like set your currency do as much as setting up recurrent payments and all those stuff like it wasn't there and thanks to the community it was like really them that really pushed the code and took it to where it was supposed to be because over time people would just come up raise an issue okay i can't do this with this package but it is a cool package how do we get it done and I'm like, okay, yeah. you know what? It's open source. You could just write the code and add it. I'll merge it. <laughs> I will, I will, yeah. Yeah, I will merge the code if it's nice. And it's yeah. It's um, from that that we've actually, the code actually evolved and the API actually evolved. Um, currently, yeah. I just started learning TypeScript, um, say, three months ago. Mm. So um, I've just, like, even been upgrading most of the open source projects to, like, TypeScript to, like, give it more, make it more typed and... Um, just solve solves a lot of problems for everyone. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, for, for now, I guess the community kind of made those open source projects what it currently is. Um, I just like had the basic idea of, okay, you know what? I have a problem. What's the fastest route to solve it? WebView, put it out there. Everyone loved it. And yes, open source community just made it into what it's meant to be <laughs> or what That's they great. wanted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> and I also see that uh, you're an instructor. So what made you start teaching? It, it's kind of part of the whole idea of the React Native Nigeria community. Like we try to educate more people. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know for you. I don't know about you, Harris, or, yeah. but when I got into programming, it was really hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was really hard. <laughs> they didn't have um, yeah. most of the tutorials we have today. Um, ebooks like you you could literally go on Google and just write React Native and see the floods of resources that's gonna come at you. Like you keep reading and get tired. Um, back then it wasn't yeah. really like that. Um, and that's what I was really about. I really wanted to have a lot of content out there that helps someone do the basic things in React Native. Yeah. Depending on uh, as little as even um, okay, how do I prevent an Android device from going back on a particular screen or disabling mm, the back yeah. button here. Yeah, like we really wanted to have all those type of content out there. And yeah. I just wanted to do as much as I can, put out a lot of medium articles, put out a lot of YouTube tutorial videos. Funny enough, I just started creating YouTube tutorial content this year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it has been yeah. a very funny experience with iMovie <laughs> for me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, cause no one really editing is really not my strong suit, but I just had to like mm -hmm. get grabs of what it is and try and put more content out there. Um, cause you don't know what people want. Um, people, some people might enjoy reading. Some people might enjoy just watching a YouTube tutorial. So for me, it's the drive to get, teach more people how to use React Native. Cause most things are in Re React Native these days is really straightforward if you know what you're doing <laughs> if you think yeah um you just get on it um if you have the right resources the right tutorials you could just get things done in a matter of seconds um so that was like most of the whole drive and 
I really have a lot of people always asking me the same question over and over again on React Native. So mm-hmm. you know what I'm like, I'm once I get this question twice, I'm going to write an article about it. I don't care if someone has written an article about it before. I'm just going to write an article and have someone be able to read mm-hmm. that and like guide them through whatever they are trying to do. And yeah. That's cool. And yeah, uh, iMovie is a whole other thing. I had to play around with it recently too. It's like, it's yeah. worth it to learn. It doesn't seem like you're too uh, hesitant to jump in and learn something new though. Uh, you're you're really, uh, if you need to learn something, you just you just dive in head first. <laughs> yeah. Well, either that or or your your friend comes over and unplugs the, the video <laughs> game machine. <laughs> Yeah, true, true. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm really sure he's, he's gonna be very happy to unplug it. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I, 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 I have this idea like programming is really just one and zero. Um, you take your mm-hmm. you take enough time and like put into it, and you will get something back. So yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to get as much as I can from a particular thing and put out a lot of content on it and put out my own twist yep. on it so people get get it probably. <laughs> so React Native Nigeria, a lot of what you're doing with that organization is you are hosting meetups and you're really facilitating networking between you know software developers in Nigeria as a whole, but also in your local community. So is that sort of your primary goal with it or do you want to expand it to doing other things? For now, what, what we are currently trying to do is connect as many developers as we can in local communities to themselves and to a larger community. And what, what that means is if some, if there was a developer in Abuja trying to mm-hmm. get into React Native, um, we want to be, we want you to know that we are like your best fit to understanding React Native a whole lot faster and a whole lot easier. Yeah, you can read on your own, but what we are saying is we have various um, tools that could like fast track that for you. You could, we, we, we do have the numbers. Um, so if you need someone to talk to about a certain project you're working on, there is, we have group chats on a state level down to even WhatsApp because we even have some issues where people say, okay, we can't get on Slack. Um, it's not friendly. We even have chats on WhatsApp group where people, um, developers actually can interact very fast and easily. We also try to do like a whole lot of open source projects as a community. <laughs> um, most recently, we had this. We had the lead for Calabar make this React Native image picker for React Native Cloudinary image picker. Um, so it was this package package that basically just helps you upload image to Cloudinary. Um, without you setting up anything. Um, so yeah, we try to like have play on weird ideas from individual developers in the community and like try and have them know that, okay, you can also create stuff for React Native and put it out there. So yeah, b- for now, we are just more about developer growth um, mm-hmm. down on the state level. And we really want to take that on a very large scale uh, across all parts of Africa and <laughs> definitely one day the world host really nice meetups and large meetups so we even have guests from all over the world come speak <laughs> um yeah. But yeah definitely we are about developers growth um because we believe react native really isn't hard <laughs> in terms of say the learning the the time to learn and basic things that you should know about it um if you just have that ground that solid ground 
on what React Native is. Um, you should be able to build beautiful apps with React Native. And that's what we are trying to do, be that solid ground for you when you're getting in. As part of this React Native Nigeria community, it seems like you work with a lot of new developers. And it also sounds like you've been working with Expo a lot recently. So I'm wondering if you've noticed that Expo, does it help new developers sort of get into React Native more easily? Or would you say that the magic of Expo makes it harder? What, what, what's been your experience with Expo and sort of newbies? Um, okay, so personally, I feel um, Expo is awesome. <laughs> it, it is actually awesome because f- most people don't even know this about me. I actually started learning Expo before I started learning React Native, before I started learning React. Like when I say this, <laughs> <laughs> when, when, I tell, when I tell this to my friends and they're like, how do you know React? Like how did you understand React Native going through that path? And, and like um, for me, it's just been straightforward because Expo gives developers this kind of soft landing when getting into React Native. And people don't know this, but it is necessary for that soft landing to exist. You really just want to build a mobile app, something very small. You you don't want to start stressing or going over node models or packages that you have to go into the native side and start writing something that you don't really want to write. <laughs> So yeah, Expo really takes that away and it's really awesome that that exists. So it, it's really, it really provides a lot of soft landing for developers getting into React Native and, I, and it's really awesome. It, it, it does help a lot and even now, more so that you could actually even run Expo applications in normal React Native applications with Unimodo, like that is like a different game changer right now. So it's, it's, it even gives you the ability to, okay, I don't want to work with Expo. Okay, work with the CLI you know and plug in Expo to it and still enjoy the goodies that Expo has to offer. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it, it really is um, very nice to have Expo exist at a time like this. And um, Expo is really like even cutting corners in terms of like performance. And um, mm-hmm. most recently, they even worked on um, Expo's core that it reduces the, to reduce the um, file size of your normal, the yeah. final APK bundle that you get when you want to submit to the store. And that was like really impressive because back then when I started React yeah. um, Native with Expo, I could remember how large my bundle size could be and I could do nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like um, currently I feel Expo is really um, yet to stay. It, uh, it, it will surprise you the insane apps that even currently exist built to Expo. I did scroll on Twitter once and saw this application where you could copy and paste things in real time with the phone camera. It was built to Expo. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, I do remember seeing that. And I was like astounded that that was made with Expo. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it was really nice. Um, I think on the demo, the, she copied um, a clothes and like a uh, small plant, tree plants in the in the house and like pasted it on um, a book or a paper and with the phone. Like it was really, really nice. Um, so Expo is really doing real cool stuff. And yeah, for me, it has really helped me a lot because um, when I want to build like an open source project, I always build Expo first. <laughs> I mm-hmm. don't, <laughs> right. Yeah, I always build Expo first before I put it out there. And yeah, it, it really does help me a whole lot of setup. And also when I'm yeah. like trying to like even tell someone about React Native and the person is all about, but I don't know anything about native code. How do I start going about <laughs> learning React Native? And I, yeah, and I'm like, you know what? Don't do you don't worry about that. There's there's this cool stuff called yeah. Expo. You could just forget about all that and just work with what we got. And 
yeah, yeah. it's really nice to have that that's interesting yeah you can like, get started that, that, that yeah i, 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 I like, like how the term you... soft landing a lot that was mm. it's a yeah, good description it it's good yeah, definitely yeah i think that a lot of the abstractions that are built on top of well even react native itself is an abstraction built on top of the native code and these things make programming more accessible to people you know I remember when I was growing up, like the only programmer I knew had a computer science degree and he was like a ridiculously smart guy. So it, it didn't feel accessible uh, to go into, you know, he recommended to my, my parents were like, so Jamin's interested in coding. What should he be doing? Oh, he should be doing C++. That's what everybody does. And I was like 14, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> that turned out as about as well as you would expect it to. But now there are just so many options and so many better ways. And Expo, I think, is I've said for, actually for years now that I think Expo is the future of React Native. I think that that's how you should build, you know, React Native apps if you can. It's not there yet, but there's some really cool things like you mentioned. Uh, they're reducing the the binary size and they're also working on some things like I think at some point you'll be able to write custom native code in in expo if you want to if you need to which keeps you from having to to bail out there's some things that they're working on there i was just going to add uh, yeah it would be it would it would be great if you didn't have to eject that's the only reason i don't use expo but after after hearing you um Alua, toby i'm gonna start uh, using it again because i kind of avoid it because i'm like if i'm gonna eject anyway why bother but i really do feel it depends on your project um because I do work a lot with startups and I, we get into this conversation. Okay, what are you building? You, if you basically understand what you're building, you could tell beforehand that, okay, you know what, Expo can handle this for me. And I will sleep better at night running this on Expo. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> uh, yeah. it, 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 it just takes you really sitting down, understanding your projects. Okay, this is what mm-hmm. I'm building. Okay, let's, let's, let's go with Expo. And I'm sure yeah. you would love it. Um, they even have this, I, I think they have this new thing where you could, something similar to code push, where you could have your own server pool for updates when you want to um, get the new binary for your project, for your um, APK, for your app. Yeah. So it helps a lot self, like really real cool things that like coming into Expo. And if you really look at it, why go the extra mile to do that on your own? <laughs> like why? Yeah. <laughs> You, yeah, that makes sense. You, you should try it out. I agree. So in Nigeria, there have been some real challenges, uh, especially lately. Um, I, well, I, I shouldn't say lately. They've just come to surface more lately. I noticed on your Twitter profile, you have uh, hashtag and SARS. Um, and of course, I've been following this fairly closely. I have a lot of Nigerian Twitter mutuals. And so th- from what, what I understand, well, actually, how about you go ahead and kind of Talk to us a little bit about the challenges that are happening on that end in in Nigeria right now. Um, well, it, it's really been a very long um, month. <laughs> I think it's, it's getting mm-hmm. to months now, <laughs> and yeah. uh, it, it's it's really insane um, where we see police brutality at like the maximum level, and mm-hmm. um, nothing is actually being done about it. And like that's where the problem comes in. Because it's 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 one thing to know that there is a problem, and it's one thing to fold your hands and not do anything about it, or actually stand up and mm-hmm. do something about it. And it's been something going on for a while. Um, you see police officials harassing um, individuals for no just cause. Um, mm-hmm. you, you see them 
extorting money. So it's it's bad enough. You can't just in places like um Lagos, you can't just walk around with like expensive gadget because you have you're like walking around with fear that okay the police official is going to like or the SAS official is going to like stop me and harass me because they just assume that you have you are doing something illegal to be owning these products, um, a MacBook mm. or um, an iPhone or <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's really insane. And knowing, knowing that this is going on for the longest time and they've been killing, they've been doing all sorts of things. And the, the youths of the country just got to that point where we said we can't have that anymore and we yeah. just have to speak up and get some accountability for what is going on for deaths that's been going on around the country. Um, call this SAS official, these SAS officials to um, book, like bring them to book and like have them um, pay for these crimes. And this is like what we've been going on over and over again. And we've just been getting this whole no answer, no accountability, um, not no leader doing anything. And it's just really insane. And after that, um, we had this um, Lagos massacre, which like happened where the Lagos state's um, government actually called out the military to come and shoot at um, protesters at night. Uh, it was like really devastating because we like lost a lot of people during that period. And the Nigerian army came out and like shot at protesters for just no cause. And uh, it was just really crazy. <laughs> it, it's just really been a crazy experience. <laughs> It's, it's just really been a crazy experience and we, we're just trying to hope for a better Nigeria and mm-hmm. um, try and like make these things not happen again because if we don't speak up it means we are comfortable and okay with it so we, we, we had to like speak up and have this um, end so it's 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 <laughs> it's just insane because I was like actively um, participating in the protest here in Abuja uh, so Things we went through during the protest, we had the government literally sponsoring talks <laughs> to come disrupt the protest. So we had people's cars being vandalized during the protest. We had people got injured, um, being attacked by talks during the protest. So it's just, it's just devastating and a whole lot really mm. going on. And people just trying to make a whole lot of sense from what, <laughs> what is really going on in the country. And, and if I, I like, uh, I've also been following this uh, as well. And if I understand correctly, uh, like the unit that that is responsible, like the, responsible for it, was actually initially created to end corruption. Right? That was. <laughs> that, that, that was oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. They are the ones actually even pushing corruption. So it, it felt yeah. it felt like a whole lot of things were happening on the line. Um, government didn't want to like dissolve the. Um, the units, because I, do, I don't know, it, it feels like they use the units to do more things at the back scene that we don't even know of. So it felt like, mm-hmm. why don't you want to close this unit like once and for a while? We're going on and on about this for weeks. And uh, it's just yeah. been insane. <laughs> and like Harris said, the unit SARS, it's like special something robbery. It's like anti-robbery. It's It's essentially supposed to be protecting the people against the thing that they're actually doing themselves. And it's, it's very, I'm sure very frustrating. You you mentioned while you were talking there that you can't walk down the street with like an expensive piece of, you know, electronics or something like that. And of course that affects 
the developers of Nigeria, not just the developers, but specifically where we are all developers here and, and you know that you're often walking to, you know, a coffee shop or something like that. And you're going to go and you're going to be working there and you have a laptop and the stories for react native or an iPhone or Android, all these things. And that's something where, you know, maybe in in some places of the world, you might be worried that, that, you know, you might be robbed or something by, you know, somebody who's outside of the law. But in this case, it's actually the law that's coming in, you know, the people that are supposed to be protecting you and, and taking those. And that can be, I'm sure, extremely frustrating, especially when, you know, you've worked hard to get those uh, electronics and it's something that is your livelihood. It's it's how you make your money. It's how you get, uh, it's how you communicate with the outside world. And uh, that's that's just taken away from you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's really bad. <laughs> is there something you would recommend that people can go learn more about this and learn how they can help? Is there any particular organization that they should maybe support or just pay attention to? Um, so there were like a couple that sprung up during the NSAS protest, but like currently they've been um, dissolved and most of the funds they got were like shared out to um, the medical team that helped out during the protest and some other agencies like the law firm, the, um, the law firms that also helped out during the protest to get out because they were also arresting um, some protesters during that time to like to get out those protesters at the time. So most of the funds went out to um, help those that were active during the period of the NSAS protest. Um, mm-hmm. But for now, I'm not really sure of any that the that you could actually support um, financially. Okay. Yeah. I do know there's a there's a hashtag and SARS that you can follow uh, just to be aware of what's happening. And I'm sure if there are situations where they can reach out for help to the world, to the global community, that would be a good place to to start. Yeah, very you know, obviously we're we're all hopefully, you know, tra- trying to support you and uh, hope that it gets better over there in in those ways. But even, you know, through all this adversity, you all are definitely still moving forward. You're you know, I see a lot of things that are that are being promoted. You're 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 writing articles, you're making videos, you're you're doing what you can to kind of keep keep things moving forward and uh, I'm I'm really interested to see the direction that you go uh, as you kind of go further in with React Native Nigeria. I think that these types of organizations are critical for growing communities and supporting people. There's another, I'm sure there are other kids out there just like you, you know, maybe playing video games with their buddy and thinking about, hey, maybe, maybe I could, you know, maybe I could make games or maybe I could make an app and providing that structure and that organization for them to really thrive and connect with other people, I think is so critical. Yeah, definitely it is. Um, it's, it, it's, it's really important to have communities. Um, I, 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 in most of my articles, I always write it there. I say, you can't say you are part of programming or you use a particular um, tool and you don't belong to any community um, for that said tool. It's, it's really insane when people tell me that it's like they, they can't find one community they can attach themselves to because um the community is far much more than just the community it's like a second home for developers because believe it or not developing and programming gets boring over time when you just think you could do it on your own you, you go you go farther and you go um you, you have like this slingshot that pushes you to the front 
because the community is there to do that. You you learn quite a lot from other people in the community. Um, you see talented people than yourselves. You see people that you could actually even point to their pool and point to their well of knowledge and also even get a bit from them. And you can only find like this kind of setting in a community. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it's really important. Very cool. Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic, Toby. I really appreciate you coming on and kind of sharing everything about React Native Nigeria and, you know, your background and your story. We're going to turn now to the part of our show where we talk about weird bugs. Let's talk about how, who has a weird bug that they've encountered over the past couple of weeks who, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be you. It could be you know, someone you work with, is there a weird bug that we should, uh, that we should talk about? Well, I have a, an infuriating bug that probably everybody listening can relate to. It's actually a bug that my coworker found in my code. So those are always fun. <laughs> <laughs> All your fault. <laughs> uh, related to everybody's favorite topic, time zones. Oh, yes. We're building an application that deals with multiple physical locations in different time zones, but potentially users who are trying to schedule things at those physical locations from maybe a different time zone. Mm -hmm. So we're having to uh, do a lot of converting. And I don't, we, I still don't quite understand what was wrong here, but what was happening was that our, my lovely coworker who lives in North Carolina, and I live in Portland, so all my code is done in Pacific time. And mm -hmm. then he runs it and will usually find bugs <laughs> because he was running it in Eastern time. Uh, notice that like the data we were loading just didn't show up for him at all. And then when he switched his computer times that like literally went into the settings and changed his laptop's time zone to Pacific, everything showed up. <laughs> so <laughs> he said he's fixed it. I think, I think what was happening is we were, I was like double offsetting or like double accounting for the time zone mm. somehow a time was already in utc and then i was then adding the time zone offset on top of that instead mm. of instead of the time being in pacific and adding the time zone offset to get back to utc mm -hmm. something was already in utc yeah uh, i still can't tell you what happens when you just run new date like what mm. what time zone it's in whether yeah i, I yeah Time zones are kind of a hit or miss, guess and check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there are there are people that have devoted a lot of their career to just solving this problem in libraries like Moment and you know, date what is it? Date Date FNS. Date F we use yeah, date date FNS. FNS. Which thank you. yeah. Which we've started using that over Moment just because Moment is so massive. Yeah, I think that hasn't Moment been deprecated now? It, they're not going to be actively adding right. to it. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's going to go away. But mm -hmm. they're not. They they have a new library called Luxon JS, I think. But mm. I don't think Moment's going to go away. I've tried Data FNS and I couldn't it, do but something. It, I don't think they could. They could completely yeah. remove it because yeah. like <laughs> half the apps in the world are using. And nobody Moment. wants to go back and touch that code if it's working. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely. And so because your coworker, he's in the East Coast and he sometimes works quite late at night, he will encounter, you know, the boundary of, of midnight at a different time than, mm -hmm. than we will. Um, and this is something where it can be quite 
I actually have a, I have a kind of related weird bug that happened to me. So I was, I used to work out in the morning. I would go to the gym and, and work out like around seven thirty, eight o'clock, somewhere in that range. And I use an app called strong fitness to track my workouts. And I had this problem where like sometimes, you know, like you would do a set and you'd, you'd record it and then there would be a, a, like a rest timer, you know, it's going to be going for a minute or two minutes to give you some rest in between your sets. And I'd be like on my phone, you know, kind of just scrolling through Twitter or whatever while I'm resting. And then I'd be like, wait, the, the timer never went off. I go back and the timer's done, but it didn't actually like ding on my phone telling me, hey, you need to get back and do do your next set. So it's been four minutes or something and I didn't notice. <laughs> and but then sometimes it would work. Like sometimes it would just it would work every time. You know, so I I emailed the developers and I said, hey, I'm having this problem. It's just like really random. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Turns out that it would work. It would start working after eight o'clock. It would not work prior to eight o'clock. And the reason was my phone was on silent. <laughs> it had like an automatic thing, like turn off the, you know, the, the sleep mode or whatever you call it at eight o'clock. And so prior to eight o'clock, of course, it's not going to ding because I have it on silent. And that's funny. Yeah. So uh, that was actually kind of like, oh, well, that's that's user error, but not an obvious user. But error. It, it goes to show sometimes you, testing your code at different times of yeah. day can be really helpful, especially if you have anything that's time based, displaying totally. time formatting, whatever. I mean, like every time I would test it before I would like send them an email, it would work because it would be during the day. And then if they yeah, would exactly. test it, they would be testing it during the workday. It's working fine. Like I can't get this to not work. But then in the morning, if it was like 745 and I'm at the gym, it wouldn't work. <laughs> so, so funny. Awesome. Well, where can people find you online, Eloa Toby? Um, I'm really active everywhere, but you can reach me on Twitter at just one and zero. So that's G-U-S-T okay. number one and A-N-D number zero. It's a really cool handle. Like you know, the funny thing is that I went through hell trying to get that handle because I wanted a name for myself across every platform. So <laughs> when, I <was> joining, <laughs> when I was joining Twitter, like I would pick a name, go down to Instagram and it's already taken. Then I kept doing that all over and over again till I got just one and zero. And I was surprised no one took it. That's fantastic. And Harris, you recently changed your Twitter handle. What's your new one? Yeah. So uh, now you can find me at Nomadic Spoon. <laughs> That's a good Nomadic one. I like it. Spoon. How'd you come up with that one? I So th the previous one was too hard for people. Like it was too long, too hard to pronounce. And I was like, you know what? I am, uh, as you can see, you know, living like a digital nomad. Kind of a nomad. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted something that people will remember, something, you know, catchy yeah. every day. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I literally had a spoon next to me. So I was like, nomadic spoon. That sounds... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You have to come up with a better story for why, I know, why it's fine. a spoon. That's not, yeah, that's not good enough. <laughs> I, I, but it, it is... People remember it. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah. It's that's great. Mean. <laughs> I'm interested to see where you are next. I mean, next time I we we start recording, I could look over my shoulder and you're right behind me. He has been getting closer. So he's been getting closer. I have actually. It's a straight line to Portland and to <laughs> Vancouver. <laughs> so yeah. And Robin, where can people find you? Uh, I'm at Robin underscore Hines on Twitter. It's with an e at the end. With an e at the end. And I am 
at Jamin Holmgren. Just my first and last name. You can find me there. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Infinite Red. Infinite Red is a consultancy that does design and development for web and mobile applications, primarily focusing on React and React Native. So hit us up if, if you need any help with your React Native or React projects. I'm happy to chat with you. Just email us hello at infinite.red or check us out online at infinite.red. Thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.